Good morning, gentlemen. Welcome back. <clears throat> Coming to you live from the Somerton community, Carlo Somerton, Philadelphia. Continuing with our Maral series on Hanukkah. This is Zeus Hanukkah. Zeus Hanukkah is back, the last day of Hanukkah. So this is going to be our last installment of Maharal on Hanukkah for this year. And Maharal had brought us up to Yavan. He was telling us the Greek Empire, what they stand for in their taking their place as one of the four empires that is taking the world in, in a bad direction, imposing their own machus and Hashem's machus. What do they stand for? What's their flaw that they bring to the world? So there's a flaw in the realm of wisdom, of seichel, of the intellect. Bovel, again, stood for the the feelings, the emotions, the, the, our decision-making, our bechira. Paras bring a... a um, Corruption into the realm of the physicality, the body, indulgences, and Yavan brings their flaw, their shortcoming to the realm of the mind, wisdom. And as we said last time, um, Greek is the Greek Empire. Greece all about wisdom, all about the pursuit of wisdom and the glorification of wisdom, championing wisdom. So, what's the what's the flaw? What's the chisar that they bring to the world in the realm of wisdom? So their mo- movement, the whole movement of Yavan, was making a, a, a disconnect between mortal wisdom and godly wisdom. Wisdom that is uh, human wisdom, wisdom within the realm of, 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 of human understanding and beyond human understanding. And they drew a line over there, a very clear line. And let's start with that because it's, that's really one of the basics over here in understanding Hanukkah and understanding what the Greeks were doing and what the victory against the Greeks was. The Greeks are all about higher knowledge and wisdom and mathematics and philosophy and sciences. Higher but not highest. According to the Greeks, knowledge is defined, wisdom is defined by what the human mind is capable of understanding. And that that creates the definition and the, the delineations of the, the boundaries of knowledge. The boundaries of knowledge are the same as the boundaries of my understanding. If I can understand it, then it exists, it's knowledge, it's worth pursuing. If you're going to tell me, oh, you can never understand that, that's beyond your knowledge, beyond your understanding, that doesn't exist. There's no such, that, that's not, I don't, that, that's outside my definition of knowledge. It's not something that's worth my time, and it's not something that's of value, and it's not something that's valid, even. This was the Greeks. Now, as we know, Torah is all, is all about the opposite. Torah is all about understanding that Hashem's knowledge is always beyond my knowledge. Hashem's Essence is always beyond my understanding, and Hashem's Torah, the Torah, which is the, 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 the highest form of knowledge, is always one step plus ahead of us. It's coming from the infinite, and we're finite, and we're able to appreciate the finite, we're able to, uh, the infinite, we're able to relate to it, but it's always going to be ahead of us, it's always going to be beyond us, it's always going to surpass our existence because it's infinite. There are things in Torah that, that were always going to be beyond our understanding. There are things in, 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 in Hashem, how Hashem works, that are always beyond our understanding because the Rebbeinshim, by definition, is beyond our understanding. We're able to get into the Chachma, but Hashem's Chachma is always going to be ever so slightly out of our, out of our reach. And that is the basic difference that separates wisdom of Torah, the wisdom of the divine, Klaisel's understanding of wisdom, from the Greek understanding of wisdom. 
and this is the as we mentioned uh, we, we, we had a uh, didn't, didn't uh, go further yesterday but as we mentioned two days ago this is Adi Yamazet so today this we have the legacy of this in the scientific way of thought the scientific method the scientific um, analysis is all about reality being defined by my comprehension existence being defined by what I can understand and knowledge wisdom being capped by what 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 I can comprehend if, if I can you know if I can understand it if you can measure it in a laboratory it exists and if you can't measure it in a laboratory it's non-existent and so concepts like God the heavens a soul things that you can't detect in the laboratory anything all matter spiritual you know if you approach that with a scientific method then it's there there it's all moot and irrelevant and and, and and non-existent so this is arcing back to the sometimes the greeks and this is the flaw that the greeks bring into the realm of wisdom that's why as Amaral mentioned the gemara tells us time and you're allowed to believe someone if he says the guy possess wisdom they have knowledge they certainly have wisdom they possess they don't have Torah, they don't have this concept that ultimately knowledge is not defined by by my consciousness knowledge is not defined by what I, by what i can understand knowledge is defined by what comes from hashem it's, it's beyond my comprehension so the morale continues with this uh, physical substance, what we're made of, is can be influenced and affected by something else. Take take a shape can can be can be directed. Um, so human the human beings the human race were made out of chaymer. We're made out of matter. We're malleable. We're we can be influenced. We can be shaped. We can be guided and directed. Alvi Yisrael shenitna lehematayra him asim v'koshim legamri. V'davrezeh. Maral also we saw quoted a pasuk last time in the Gemara that says that Klaisel were called fierce. We're called a fierce, tough nation, as which also is associated with with uh, the Greek Empire and the Greek goddess as Kanumer, the Greek, the the beast that represents the Greek Empire that Daniel saw was the leopard. Leopard is described as something bold, fierce. Um, Impudent. So we're described, Klai Yisrael is described, we're a nation that has Azos. We're a nation that has, you know, certain impudence. We're a nation that, that, that has Gaul. The one nation amongst the empires that parallels that is the Greek Empire as well. They're described as being a, a, a leopard, having the, the form of a leopard, which means, which means they also have this Azos. Why is that? Shu the Greeks feel this boldness, this fierceness, this impudence in 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 in, in um, entertaining this idea, this notion that they can access what Klai Yisrael has, that 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 they can tap into what we have. That we're not, you know, a unique nation. We don't have something that makes us unique, i.e., the Torah. The Torah that we would have, in a way that makes us unique from all the other nations, the Greek Empire looks at this as no. Torah is accessible to us also. Torah is just another wisdom, is another science, another branch of knowledge, and we can lower that to our understanding of how knowledge works. The same way, and put it side by side with all other branches of knowledge and wisdom. So this is the Azus that the Greek Empire has. The Azus the Greek Empire has 
is not equating themselves with us. There's nothing unique about Kla Yisrael. There's nothing special about Kla Yisrael. What Kla Yisrael has that appears to be unique is also accessible by us, can be tapped into by us as well, and can be can be manipulated by us. That's Torah. That's why, who was the one that commanded the Jews to write a translation of the Torah into their language? That was the Greek Empire, the Greeks, Talmud. Only the Greeks have attempted this, because again, that's the azus, the, the impudence, the chutzpah of the Greeks, is to look at the Jews and say, no, you know, we're, we're, there's nothing that separates us really. We're, yeah, they, they also love knowledge and wisdom, we love knowledge and wisdom, let's, let's, let's access their knowledge and wisdom also. Without seeing that there's something unique about Torah, above other knowledges, and above other wisdoms, that it's godly, no, the Greeks don't see that. Let's see that inside. Um, even though certainly this empire, the Greek empire, and, and, and no other empire have, have a, have a portion, have a connection to Tyro, because again, Tyro is something divine, godly, coming from an infinite place, which can be conferred only to a nation that has a soul that comes from an infinite place. So the Greeks don't have that. So not really Shaykh, they're not really um, um, able to access Torah, able to have anything to do with Torah, able to to be people that can can channel Torah and can embody Torah. They're, they're not really because they 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 have a, a, a lower existence. Nevertheless, they, they seek the Torah. They want the Torah. They said, let's tra- translate the Torah into Greek. We should also have access to the Torah. We deserve access to the Torah. We can have access to the Torah as well. Why the Greeks, the ones that have this azus, they're the ones that have this boldness, this impudence to lay their sight on the Torah. No other nation does it. Again, Bavel doesn't do that. Parsimadai doesn't do that. Edom, they don't do that. None of them do it. But the Greek Empire is the one that says the Torah is ours for the taking also. Because their, their mahalich, um, their approach is that, again, of Seichel, making a corruption of flaw in the area of Seichel. It's, it's, it, uh, it's um, their... Wisdom and and that gives them this 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 uh, perspective that gives us this this outlook gives them an outlook that that the wisdom of Klaiyos again is also theirs for for to for to, to be accessed to be to be um, explored the same way they explore all other wisdoms. Yeah, um, so that's why we call them as they're the ones that are that are that are called bold impudent more so than the other nations. The Pasik says um, in, in Parshas Noyach, Yafta Lakim Liyefes, Vishkan Baalay Shem, Hashem will provide beauty to Yefes, but Yefes will dwell in the tents of shame, the tents of Klaisrol. Well Birshuzal, the Gemara in Megillah famously says, We had this Gemara when we were learning Masach's Megillah, Amr Bhibar Abba Hainu Time Dixiv Yafta Alikim Liyefes. When it says that Akash Baruch will provide beauty to Yefes. The beauty of Yefes will be in the tents of Shem. The, the beauty of, of, of the Greeks, which is the Greek language, can be present in the tents of Jacob. There's an exception made, even though the Torah, Megillus, and Torah scrolls can't be written in any other language. The Gemara Megillus says that the exception to this is Greek language. You can actually write it. In the Greek language, because there is a a um, passing, excuse me, connection 
that the Greeks have with the Jews more so than any other nation, and that you have a connection of Chachma to Chachma. Even though the Greeks take Chachma and they, they, they take it in a corrupted form, they take it in a flawed form, they take it in, in an approach of um, what I understand is, is what, what you get. What, all we, what we can grasp is the, the, the bottom line behind all wisdoms, and what, what is within the realm of our understanding. So that is the flaw and the corruption they bring to the table. But nevertheless, in, in that which they champion, Chachma, the realm of Seichel, that makes them slightly more connected to Klai Yisrael than the other Umais. Again, that's why we find them being described as as, as bold, which is something that Klai Yisrael, meaning the Klai Yisrael has. Um, that's why there's an aspect of the Greeks that can make its way into Ahalei Shem, and that's the Greek language. There's an aspect of the Greeks that can make it there. Because there is something that the Greeks have um, slightly more in common with the Jews over all the other nations. Um, now, this is a double-edged sword. This, this uh, slight commonality that the Greeks have with Klaiso, more so than the other nations, and again, what's the commonality? We're all about Torah, we embody Torah, they embody Chachma. Chachma is one step down from Torah. Chachma is like a hollow, reduced, um, um, shadowed effect of Torah. Torah is about knowledge that I'm able to access that comes from a higher place, knowledge which is forever um, going to be beyond my limitations, beyond my comprehension, but I'm still able to access it, I'm able to you know, bring my mind to that and comprehend what I can comprehend. That's Torah, is the ultimate knowledge. So when we reduce that to something earthly, that's called Chachma Torah, is shadow, the, the Torah projects down here is Chachma, is wisdom. So that's the commonality that the Greeks have with the Jews. That's why the Greeks, their Gullus is the Gullus of the mind of the Seichel, which is the closest part to our neshama, our essence. That's why they're described as Az. That's why they're the ones that demand that the Torah should be translated to Greek. That's why they're the only ones whose language can be used to write a Megillah, to write a Sefer Torah. And that's what um, creates, though, the double-edged sword of the Gullus Yavan. This is what gives Yavan the impetus and the boldness to challenge Klai Yisrael and to put Klai Yisrael into exile. The exile of the mind that they impose on Klai Yisrael, that is, not saying that Chachma is a mere shadow of Torah, but taking Chachma and trying to lower Torah to make it equal to Chachma, trying to reduce Torah, as opposed to seeing that the Chachma, wisdom that they have down here, is a projection of the ultimate wisdom. They come with the opposite movement. They want to take... Um, Torah, which is the source of Chachma, and reduce Torah to Chachma, and say there's nothing divine about it, and it has, it's limited and capped by my understanding. So let's see that inside. Um, yeah, that's why they decide they want to stop the Jews from learning Torah. That's you know, that's what the dreidel is all about. Why we play dreidel? When the first thing that the Greeks did is said, they said no one's allowed to learn Torah anymore, right? Bavel and Bavel, they didn't say the Jews have to stop learning Torah, right? They liked that the Jews were learning Torah. That's good. You keep your culture going over here. Keep your guys, keep yourselves happy and thriving. There were yeshivas in Bavel. Achashverish, um, Haman, they didn't try to get the Jews to stop learning Torah, right? If we had the Megillah, right? The Haman on the... Just to kill David, David, to kill sure, just try to kill him, but you got to learn as much Torah as you want until, you know, until we kill you all. Please, you know, keep on learning. They didn't have a... They didn't, they didn't try to stamp out Torah study. Edom, Edom, again, they want to kill us, Christians want to kill us, but they're not trying to get us to stop learning. Yavan, 
comes and says, you guys have to stop learning Torah. Yavad is unique from the four empires, the four Goliaths, that they're the ones that make a vendetta against Torah. Because what's their movement all about? It's all about the Golas of the mind, the Golas of Seichel, of wisdom. And reducing the Torah to just another branch of wisdom. So stop learning Torah, i.e. stop with this pursuit that is trying to connect your mind to a higher mind. Pursue a higher knowledge. No, Torah is just another branch of wisdom and it's limited by our understanding as all branches of wisdom are. Let's see that further. I take down those who I view as competition. Yavan, who was all about championing, championing, championing wisdom, needs to take down Torah, which is the ultimate wisdom. They have to make their wisdom the superior ultimate wisdom. Yes, says the Maral. So that's why the Greeks are not only seen as, as a leopard by Daniel, leopard again is as, as impudent, as bold, as the one, they're the ones that challenge the impudence of Israel, but it's a winged leopard, and a leopard that Daniel says had four wings. Why four? There's something also unique about the Greek empire, more so than the other empires. Still now we said the empires come as a you know, group of four, Four was representative. The Maral told us of each of the empires taking uh, a flaw in the Bria, a different direction, north, south, east, and west. The full system of being able to take uh, an imperfection of the Bria in a different direction. So bubble goes their way with 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 hijacking the Malchus of Hakadosh Baruch Hu. Parsimade goes their way. Yavan goes their way, and Adam goes their way. Each one goes one direction of the four. That's why there's a total of four. But Yavan has their own fourness. Yavan has has a full fortis themselves, they're a number with four, a leopard with four wings. Why four wings? All the other empires have a, a one out of the fourness. They have a oneness in the fourness. They go one direction. Bubble, I mean, sorry, what Yavan brings to the table, Yavan's uh, approach in, 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 in what they stand for in their empire has a fourness, has, has a totality about it. Why? What's that? They stand again for Chachma, they stand for wisdom, and their, their approach is a flaw within the system of wisdom, that all wisdom is contained and limited by my understanding. And wisdom is something that itself is a to- is, it represents a system of totality. The system of, of wisdom, scientific thought, analysis is something that encompasses and spreads to cover all, all of existence, right? Wisdom is all about exploring, understanding, analyzing everything in existence. Said differently, everything that's in existence has a wisdom behind it, has a chachma behind it. It's really, you know, it's, it's never ending. Someone who's an aficionado of, 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 of higher understanding of wisdom and knowledge, is, you, can, you can become an expert in anything. Anything that exists, you can become an expert in it, right? Car repairs. Um, cooking. Cooking is a whole science, right? I don't never they're given AI. cooking classes. What? AI. AI, very good. AI is a whole wisdom in of itself. Good to so anything basically in existence. There's this chachma behind it. There's what to learn about it. So that's why the Greek Empire has its own mini fourness within the, the, the fourness of the four empires. They are, let's say, it's a, uh, have an aspect that the other ones don't, that don't have. The bubble only goes one way in, in, in their approach, their direction that they bring to the world, their corruption. And Parasamadai and Edom as well, but Yavan has a all-encompassingness, a totality, a fourness within their oneness because they stand again for wisdom, which covers everything and encompasses everything. Let's see. Is there a reason why everything stands for what it stands for? The logic behind it is there any or no? 
Like why? Why? Why Bavel got this and and mm -hmm. yeah, for sure. Mm -hmm. Is it because they were the only ones who wanted the Torah translated, and that why they correlated? Well, it's the other way around. But there's a reason, you know, the Yavan is, you know, where they're coming from, who they're descendants of, and all that. Um, the Yavan is another another name for Yafes. They come from Yafes. Okay. They come from Yafes. Ki achachem who mispashed b'cholat stadim. Wisdom spreads everywhere. What the Maral means is everything, there's wisdom behind everything. Anything in existence can be studied, can be understood, you can become an expert and, 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 and learn anything up. Everything has details and knowledge. There's no area where we say, well, here there's, no, there's nothing to study. The racks, plant life, anything. Has has behind it. That's why the Greek Empire appears to Daniel as this leopard with four wings. There's an overlay of the Greek Empire on all the directions, the, the total system, which the other empires don't have. So, and that's that's another reason again why they are the ones that try to take Klaiusol down at the, at the nerve center, at the core, at Toiro, but the other empires don't do that. Because they are the ones that are trying to overlap the totality of Klaistro, who also we spread everywhere, we affect everywhere, we're, 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 we're there to be everywhere in the world. The Farasta, we tell Yaakov Avinu, Yomav Akim of Safina Venegbo, Klaistro's, you know, over those we're supposed to spread everywhere, because everywhere in the world is supposed to be raised and elevated by Klaistro. So again, there's a, there's a parallel the Greek Empire has with, the, with, with, with Klaistro that the other nations don't have, in a more personal, unique way. The Tishlat Bechol Ara. Then he was told that this is the empire that's going to rule over the whole world. Being that they stand for wisdom and knowledge. Wisdom again goes everywhere. That's the nature of the mind. Mind wanders everywhere. Right? Your mind can go anywhere. Mind wanders. There's nowhere your mind can't go. And uh, and if you let it, it will go there. It will go everywhere. It spreads. It, it analyzes. It it it, it, it is intrigued by everything. And this is therefore uh, shows up in, in the Greek Empire spreading everywhere. Where do they take on Klai Yisrael? Where do they oppose Klai Yisrael? In the realm of the Seichel, in the realm of wisdom, the realm of knowledge, that's the Torah. And their, their issue with the Torah is that what mitzada Torah is the fact that we claim to have a divine knowledge, divine wisdom, a wisdom that doesn't just doesn't just spread outwards to four directions, but a wisdom that comes from up upwards. That's what the Yuvan, the Yuvanim, the Greeks are opposed to. They're opposed to higher knowledge, divine knowledge. They're opposed to a knowledge that's beyond my limitations, my beyond my understanding. That's forever beyond my understanding. They're opposed to that concept, and they're opposed to that that definition of knowledge. And this is where they attack us, and this is where they try to take us on. That's why it's the Greeks who make this gazera against Tamatar, which none of the other none of the other empires do. This is the Gullus of Yavan. Um, their whole vendetta, their whole mission is to oppose divine knowledge, to reduce the Torah to another Chachma. And this spills over to all the other connections, anything that comes from the divine, anything that's beyond the, the, the limitations of human understanding, of, of human logic? reason and logic. So that's why Shabbos, Brismila. Why do you call it logic? It's a belief, not a logic. What's a belief? 
everything that we can't understand, right? The things of the yogi, everything's from Hashem. It's in belief. It's not a knowledge. Knowledge is something, like you said, math, you know math. It's two plus two is four. Everything from it comes from belief. It's a muna. It's not knowledge. There's divine knowledge. That's what they were opposed to. We believe that there's human knowledge and there's divine knowledge. What's the divine knowledge? The ultimate, uh, ultimate uh, information behind the Torah. The highest form of the Torah are the things that we can't understand. But it's a, it's a belief. We believe that there's knowledge that we can't understand. So it's not a knowledge. We believe. Why isn't it a knowledge? Because we just believe. It's a belief. It's a belief. We, does Hashem have knowledge that we don't have? Yeah. Okay, so that's what the, 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 they disagree with that. They disagree with that. They disagree with the definition of knowledge. And, and the scientists, Adi Yamazad, do the same thing. That's all the, 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 the greatest scientific thinkers are the greatest atheists because they'll tell you, well, you prove to me that God exists and I'll, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll believe in God. Show me where God is. Show me, let's, let's, let's devise a laboratory experiment that's going to prove the existence of God, which you can't do that because that's a spiritual matter and you can't prove God in the laboratory, which is physical. But they will say with all sincerity, with all sincerity, that if you can't prove a God, you can't prove that there's a creator, then it not only, I'm not convinced, but it doesn't exist. They're using the limitations of the human mind as the definitions of existence. That's what the Greeks were doing. But I mean, Jews, Jews also can prove, according to our means, that God exists, according to the means of this world, right? Can prove that God exists? Yeah. We can't prove, you know, we just have a, a belief. That right. That's it. So it's not. Well, we're, what we say is that, that our wisdom is a sliver, is a shadow of the ultimate wisdom, and the ultimate wisdom is divine wisdom, and, and um, existence is not defined, and knowledge and wisdom is not defined by our limitations. It's defined by the infinite, and it is infinite. It's beyond our understanding. And we're privileged to be able to access some of that knowledge, but by no means does our, do our feeble minds delineate truth and delineate wisdom and understanding. There, certainly belief comes in here, but, but just because we say that I believe that Hashem's knowledge surpasses my knowledge doesn't mean that now it's just belief and not knowledge. No, I believe that Hashem's knowledge surpasses mine. You know? Just to give a very crude muscle, you know, a, um, and so you have a kid who is uh, you know, told by his parents that, that this is um, the right school for you, this is the right job for you, this is the right place for us to live. The child who's 12 years old doesn't really understand that. The child who's 8 years old certainly doesn't understand. A 6-year-old doesn't understand anything his parents are doing. But he's old enough to believe that his parents know what they're doing. Because his parents' knowledge surpasses theirs. So I believe that my parents' knowledge surpasses mine. And there's only so much I can understand because I'm only 8 years old right now. My mind is not so developed yet. So I, I accept that, that their knowledge surpasses mine. That's us and HaKadosh Baruch Hu as well. Yes, belief is, 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 we can throw in the word belief, but it's not, it's not, it's not all about belief, right? It's belief in the fact that Hashem's knowledge surpasses yeah. my knowledge. And the Greeks denied that. The Greeks said, no, if, if, if we find the world is populated by six-year-olds, that means that the sum total of all knowledge is, defined, is limited by what a six-year-old can comprehend. That's how the Greeks saw it. I think the idea is just because you can't understand it doesn't mean it's not true. Exactly. That's a machlech between the Greeks and Kleisro. Exactly. Um... Okay. Because you can't understand it, you don't know it, so you believe it's true. It's, it's very good. So, so one second, I just want, I want, I want, I want, this wraps up, I'd kind of, you know, the, the nervous that keeps going and going and going, like most of the works of Maral, they're very big. Maral um, didn't write small works, he wrote big works, so we got a taste.
Baruch Hashem, the Zanzoy's Hanukkah, we're going to wrap things up. We got a taste of the Maral's approach to um, the four empires, the four exiles, the fourness. We discovered a lot of amazing, you know, brilliant insights here from the Maral. Maral brought into Hanukkah for us. So we have something to take into Hanukkah, take out of Hanukkah. I'm going to send this out now. We're going to.